Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, uh, I was uh, happy to welcome back Carrie Jackson Cheadle to the show. Uh, we, uh, we had Carrie back on to, to check in and see how things are going. Um, what, um, what have we learned this year? Uh, what do we need to learn? How have our perspectives changed? Uh, what are some of the, the barriers uh, that might be keeping us from our goals? What are some of the mindset uh, tools that we need to implement to ensure that uh, we're able to reach our goal? And as always, uh, Carrie uh, had uh, tremendous insight uh, and is such a, um, a valuable resource um, for, uh, for all of us looking to, uh, to pursue our full potential. Um, a few of the things that, uh, that Carrie and I covered, um, we, uh, we start things off by, uh, talking about Carrie's, uh, three, uh, kind of biggest observations, uh, over the course of this year, uh, as athletes got back into racing, got back into structured training, uh, and were able to get back to, uh, some semblance of, uh, how they were used to pursuing their athleticism, uh, Carrie touches on the need to normalize um, our need to pause and regroup uh, at various stages uh, and and places uh, throughout our athletic journey, um, and how it's okay to uh, to take a step back uh, and think about um, how. Uh, these things are important, what role they play in our lives, the weight that they should or shouldn't carry, um, and that that process is valuable and that we should uh, we should be okay with that uh, and we should work to normalize it. Um, we talk about uh, the need to redefine success, something that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, and what is really important uh, in being okay with the answer to that, uh, but being uh, being true, being vulnerable um, with ourselves when we ask that question, um, and taking the answer uh, and making sure that um, that our approach to our athletic identity and our athleticism is in alignment with that. Um, we talk about how to make process goals sexy. Uh, we've talked a lot about process, performance, and outcome-based goals on the podcast, and Carrie uh, gives us some insight uh, and some resources for how to make that process something that is engaging, um, and how to make that something that holds as much weight and as, ex- as much excitement uh, as the outcome-based goals. Uh, so uh, lots to cover here, uh, jam-packed as always with tons of great uh, insight, um, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen. And please enjoy my conversation with Carrie Jackson Cheadle. Before we get started with this week's episode, I'm so excited to announce that we're welcoming Inside Tracker as our first official sponsor to the podcast. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping other individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So when you do what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work has uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D, and elevated iron. So despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific 
individual and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way, towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So for a limited time, endurance-minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com slash endurance-minded and enter your name at the bottom of the page to take advantage of your 25% discount. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com slash endurance-minded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Hey, Carrie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Taylor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. We were, uh, yeah, we were just talking, you know, lots of, uh, lots of irons in the fire, which is good. I feel like that's, um, that's a little bit of the case. It feels like we're all kind of, um, what, you know, emerging a little bit from, uh, from the last year and things are kind of ramping up. That mm-hmm. seems to be the sentiment I, uh, I hear with a lot of folks is, uh, you know, trying to kind of maybe recoup a little from, <laughs> from the, from the last year. I don't know. Right? Is that kind of, is that kind of how it feels oh. for you or? A little bit. Yeah. I think there are, I think that for some people that is why there's so many irons in the fire because it it almost feels like, oh my gosh, finally we can do these things. Let's do all of the things. (laughs) We don't want to say no to anything. And like I had a, um, coming up on the 31st, I had like three people that are so important in my life, all throwing parties on the same day. And it's like, oh no, how do I do this? (laughs) So sometimes you just like have to realize you can't do all of it. Everybody's excited though. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like kind of uh, makeup going on, right? That everybody's feeling like they they got to get it in because they couldn't before. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so what specific to um to to the to athletes? You know, what are you what are you seeing? You know, kind of as we obviously there's there's a lot of dynamics depending on what country you're in and where you're at and your thoughts and feelings yeah. about everything that's going on. But but what are you? What's your you know what conversations are you having? <laughs> with athletes about just kind of how they're, you know, approaching this season, specifically, you know, Northern Hemisphere, here we are in the summer and um, trying to get some races back online and all of these types of things are going on. What's, um, what are some themes? I'm just curious, what's popping up, challenges, good, bad, ugly? What are those conversations looking like for you? Yeah, it's so fascinating because they, I, man, they change, they can change so rapidly, right? Depending on what's happening in, uh, in the world and in the environment that you're in, um, that like, had we had this conversation one week ago or two weeks ago, two weeks ago, it could have been a totally different conversation or different conversations I like that I was having with athletes. And so one of the things, so there's a few that come immediately to mind. And one is, um, is that one of our concerns sort of as things started to ramp up again was would we see an increase in injuries and um and we are seeing some of that and so i have been working with some of my athletes through that where i think what you know 
there's a couple different things that happen. One is that it just, it's so exciting to be back competing again, um, that people might be pushing themselves a little bit harder than they, um, then they realize that they are because they're just excited. And then, but the other piece of that too is not realizing maybe the um, the areas in which they're detrained. So meaning um, that, that maybe they weren't hitting the, quite the same intensity that they were in a regular season, but our brains like to hold on to, it's so fascinating because the same thing happens with my injured athletes. And so it's really interesting to see it happen here where it's like your brain holds on to what you were capable of doing before your injury. So sometimes when you get back in and you can see like the light at the end of the tunnel and you're so excited, you just want to hit it and hit it hard, especially if you're feeling good. So some of my athletes that have come back in, hit just hit it a little too hard um, and are feeling the effects of that and some in bigger ways than others. So just, so that's one thing is like, it's hard to, um, hold ourselves back, I think, because people are excited. Um, and then the other conversation too, that's been fascinating. And this is one actually that I saw coming from the very beginning, like the very beginning when we finally realized, oh, I guess this is not just two weeks. <laughs> like this is, we're dealing with something else entirely. <laughs> um, once we re- wrapped our heads around that, I very quickly was like, this is going to be really interesting to see how people come out of this. And, and that there's going to be a particular phase where it becomes stressful in a different way. And the stress there's is twofold. One is sometimes people don't realize um, sort of how, how tightly they were holding themselves or just like not really realizing um, like I just need to get through this time and sort of the way that we kind of brace through that is, is almost like dealing with an emergency situation. So even though you weren't maybe in an, like an actual emergency situation, emotionally, uh, the way that people typically live their lives was very, very different. So you're sort of holding, there's this holding that happens, like I'm holding on until the, the other side. So what people don't realize sometimes is that then when the other side comes and you, and you feel like your shoulders can drop, it's almost like a valve opens and you realize, and all of the holding you were doing for the entire year, year and a half, all comes out. So there were people dealing with really big emotions and not understanding why. And, and so that was, I think that was a part of what was going on for people was just this like sudden feeling of burnout from holding so tightly for so long. And then, and then the other thing that's been so fascinating is that I've seen in particular with athletes is this um, really honing in on what is, because of going through this time, what does my sport mean to me now? So we go through this period of reflection because we had to, you know, there were a lot of things we couldn't do. And it just makes you think about, well, what's really important in my life when these things aren't in it? And what does this mean to me? And there's this period of like, and this is the part that I knew was going to happen from the beginning is this period of figuring out what do I want to keep and what do I want to let go of? Uh, from this and and wondering how quickly people would just go back to status quo because we're sort of wired that way. But but people are finding as right. they come back into the world and back into social interactions and back into competing kind of like, oh man, this doesn't quite, what, what do I want this to look like now? And that maybe it isn't the same as before instead of just assuming that it would feel the same and you would want the same thing. So, which has been, so it's just been like, it's been fascinating to watch from like when I can step back and sort of 
I'll just be an observer of this and like an observer of the psychological impact. It's really fascinating and really hard for people too, but just amazing to kind of watch this process unfold. Yeah, you bring, that's such a good point. It's something that I've thought a lot about as well, this idea that, or, or this very real happening occurrence that is people rush to get back to the thing to just like we were doing before. And that, that has, I've seen it play out where that just, that's not, that's not the answer or that's not the right decision for that individual. And, and I, like you, I've really thought that was fascinating. We even did a podcast episode on it where I was like, well, how do you handle, how do you handle this? What does it mean if you have to now shift in real time your athletic identity or the weight that that identity holds. How, how do you, how are you helping people manage that? Cause I, I mean, that, that's a very, in the conversations I've been having, it's very loaded, right? And there's a lot of like weight to that yeah. decision about how to now figure out the importance of, I mean, you know, whatever athleticism or racing, you know, or, or I, I don't know what, how, how is that kind of unfolding? Yeah for you or with the conversations you're having. Yeah. With that piece in particular, um, a a big part of the conversation starts with just like being aware that it's happening, that that's what's happening for me. That's why I'm feeling this angst is because I am coming up against this um, sort of conversation around my identity. So even understanding that 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 identity is a piece of what's going on and that that's part of the, is like, okay, so now I can start to wrap my head around like what, what's happening. And I, one of the pieces that I comes up in all of the conversations around this that people struggle with is it really creates this cognitive dissonance where it's like, your brain's like, Oh my God, but I don't understand because this was so important for so long. And what do you mean? It's like, not, why is it not feeling the same way? And it's confusing. So it's for some people, it's just this like crunchy, your brain is, is try. It's like, you can, it's almost like you can literally feel the wheels churning and the cranks like going in your brain and you're like, Oh my God, why is this so hard? And I don't understand. And so it's, so part of that is kind of just, um, helping normalize what's happening and in and explaining what's happening and that it does create this cognitive dissonance and that you're not there's nothing wrong with you you know and there's nothing wrong with feeling differently now um and helping them understand why they might be feeling confused and why they might be questioning that and and normalizing too that there are times in our life where something a big life event happens and it does have this ability to um help us take stock and, uh, and, and sort of hit the pause button and regroup and go, yes, that was really important to me, but is it still important to me? So kind of having that conversation of like, is it still important now? And if it isn't, that's another conversation that happens where in that conversation, it's how do I let go of this? Like, how do I let go of this part of my identity? And is it okay to let go? And sort of what that, um, process looks like. And sometimes there's a little bit of grieving that has to happen with the road that you're no longer choosing to take. Right. How do, how do people, how do, how do athletes let go a little bit, you know? So what I've seen, the you know, in my kind of space and the conversations I'm having is it's, it's still there, 
but it doesn't, it's not all there. It's not like the only thing, which I, which is great. Like, you know, I am a big believer in, you know, like a diversified identity, but, but, but how, but I, you know, that's been a very, that's been a very nuanced conversation very challenging in its own right. It's like, how does this thing still, how do I still prioritize this thing, but somehow prioritize it some degree less than I remember prioritizing it in this other period of my life before trauma Mm -hmm. and before. Yeah. So how how do, how do we, how do we back off of that a little bit, but still (laughs) stay focused on goals and our, our, you know, I don't know. There's a lot in there. I realize that's a loaded question, but (laughs) it's good. There's so much to unpack and it's a really important question. It's um, there's a few different things happening there. And, and one is, um, a lot of it has to do with redefining success, like, and, and sort of opening that, that up a little bit and, and asking yourself, one is being honest with yourself about what's really important now and being, and like, maybe your results aren't as important as they were. Um, but our ego likes to have, have a say in that too. And so that's where it, it can get tricky sometimes is our, um, and ego is not a bad thing. It's, um, it's just being aware that that's there, that that's, that's, a, that, they, that your ego wants to be in the conversation and will be in the conversation. And so balancing out, what do I really want now? And being very intentional about how you're defining success so that you can have that conversation with your ego of like, I, I get what you want me to, because the ego is always going to come and be like, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? And I think you really want to win. And what are people going to think about you? Right? It's just like, it's trying to like, um, you know, it's trying to prepare you for all of those things. It's like, but have you thought about all these things? Um, and we have to come in and override that with what is the most important thing to me now. And, and if it is more of a balance, if you are saying to yourself, you know what, it is more important to me now to now to have a different allocation, like to have a different balance between my sport and my social life or my sport and my work or whatever it is, your family, that you have to also recognize and accept that that means you need to redefine what it means to be successful in your sport because there's a, there's some hard facts involved with training and time and, um, that are going to have to get balanced out also. So that's the, there, and it's hard. Sometimes for some of my athletes that I work on with this, it's almost harder for them. It's really amazing to go through this process with an athlete. It's almost harder to come to a different relationship with your sport than it is to just leave it all together. Like for some people, that idea of like, I don't know how to be in my sport and not want to always get a PR. Not all, like I've, I've had multiple athletes say, Carrie, I don't know how, how to handle all my PRs being behind me. Like, how do I do that? And so then that's the sort of the second piece of what you're asking is like, how do you still have goals? And, and that's part of the redefining success, right? So it's, it's recognizing what you truly really want and then gauging your feelings of success on that, which will be different if you like the most important thing in my life is to see how hard I can push myself and see what results I'm capable of what you're, how you're defining success there is going to be different than I want to get out there and push myself and also have time for my, you know, social life and my family and my work to the success has to change. Then it can't be defined in the same way because you don't have the same ability to, 
put in the same time and resources. And so really getting honest with yourself about that. And then it becomes, okay, if this is how I'm defining success, now what are the goals that I want to work towards? And thinking about having process goals instead of just outcome goals. So instead of the, you know, just focusing on what you want the result to be or what you want the outcome to be, like what are the things that you need to focus on in order to have your best race? And that becomes your primary focus. I'm so glad you brought up. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the theme sometimes of this podcast is process goals, because um, I, <laughs> I I I think it's it's so you know it's obviously so important, but it's it just is something that it is hard for athletes to 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 dig to like sink their teeth into. Right? It is much sexier, yes. admittedly. I'll be the first to admit it. Yep. Like it's much sexier to to talk about a PR, a race, or a you know whatever. But how, so how do we, as athletes, how, how do we give weight to those process goals such that they are as engaging, you know, as, as outcome goals or, or is maybe that not the goal? Like, are they not supposed to be as engaging? Cause it, it just feels like it's a very, it's great to say, right. I, I say it all the time. I'm like process, process, process enjoy the process, this, but, and then as soon as we're done saying that you shift to, well, I want to win this race. Right. I get, right. You, it's so easy to lose sight of. So how do we, how, how, how do we get there with the process piece so that it is yeah. engaging and, and, and brings joy and we're not so, you know, polarized in our definition of success and failure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is knowing too. You, it's okay to have both. Um, you know, you can have you can have the outcome goal, but it's the process goals you have to f- focus on in order to get the outcome goal. And so, part of my job, like sometimes when I'm talking about this with athletes, part of my job is to like help make the process goals just as sexy as the outcome goal. And there are ways to do that. So one piece is knowing is really kind of like. Uh, like uh, on a deep level, not just saying like, you know, because we say that a lot and I think athletes, you know, intuitively understand the process piece, but there's a difference between saying it and, and um, understanding it and living it. So um, when you really f- are able to focus on the process goals, right? So these are the things I need to do in order to get the outcome that I want. One of the biggest things that does for you is it keeps you in the present moment. So your in the conversation of the race as it's happening versus focused on, um, you know, when you're focused on the outcome goals, you're often, your brain's time traveling. So, and you're not in the conversation because you're, you're, um, you're, when you're doing that, you're focused either on, on the past of like, you know, maybe how you did in the last event and how you want to do better, or you're focused on the future, which is like, you know, where so-and-so am I ahead of them and where, how close are they to me? And what are my chances? And am I going to get this break? Like you're, you're not in it in the moment. And with, you know, depending on what's happening in the race, if you miss, if you're not in the present moment, because you're not focused on your process goals and something happens and you don't respond quick enough, there goes your race. So, uh, helping, really helping athletes understand like the process goals are what you have to focus on in order to stay in the moment. And that doesn't mean that you give up like wanting to win or wanting, to, you know, a, a particular result. But in some ways, when I explain this to my athletes, I'm say, I tell them like, this process goal is the race. This is how you define whether or not you 
have felt successful coming off of this race. So it's a process of like almost retraining your brain to think about racing in a different way and to think about how you define success in a different way. Because everybody knows there's so many variables that can happen on race day and so many things that are out of your control that you could show up having like the best training block of your life and know like I have set myself up for the best result possible and getting on the podium is absolutely within my capability and can happen and something happens on race day, right? So, so to really separate the, that idea of outcome from uh, defining success is a critical piece. Um, and, and then when you can just focus on the process goals, that keeps you in the conversation. It's so funny. It's like, it seems like such a simple thing, but it's such a hard, it's such a hard thing for athletes to wrap their head around. Like if you stop thinking about the result, you're more likely to get the result because you're focused on the things that you need to do in the moment in order to race your best race. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're so right. I, like you said, it's, it's this like, um, if you, it's so hard to focus on the process, but if you lose sight of the process, you don't have a chance at your outcome, right? Like, yeah, but it's, it's just like, you yeah. know, chicken or egg thing or whatever. So one of the things that, that like, that kind of popped in my mind that, that while you're outlining that is did you, so, you know, in the last year, let's say, so go back to 2020, we had to, I think one of the beauties of that time period is we had to define our process because that was all we had. Um, cause you, you know, for the most part you couldn't race that being said, what seems to have happened as a result of that is that now we, because we have the outcome to focus on in some cases and some scenarios, um, we have, we have kind of maybe put more weight on that because we didn't have the opportunity to have that experience or to kind of use that as a, you know, as a litmus test, like we typically would to balance that process, you know, did the process work in relation to my uh, outcome goal? So how, how, you know, how do we balance that now? Or how do we make sure that we get back to the process? Yeah, it's interesting, because I've had some athletes that have that feeling, and then some that are maybe on the other side of the spectrum where they're like, I'm just happy to be able to do, to race again. So it's been really interesting to see that, like I see, I'm seeing both. And the, when I see the, um, the athletes that are really like, Oh my God, I'm finally able to do this again. And I need to have the bet, you know, I really want to knock it out of the park. Sometimes they're just really excited to be racing again, but other times there's this sort of added pressure. Um, and that reminds me of the pressure that I often see, um, athletes putting on themselves when they do, um, endurance events or ultra endurance events, right? So it's different. Like when you're an endurance athlete, it's different than, um, you know, being a soccer player or a football player or, um, or a baseball player, or a basketball player, where, you know, if you're a basketball player, you, and you have a, you know, a competition that didn't go so well, you might have another game next week and you can try again and you can like immediately apply the feedback and, it is a different beast altogether when you're an endurance athlete and you've spent weeks, months training for this particular event. And so the nature of the sport sometimes then um, tends to put a lot of pressure on the day of. Um, so that's why, you know, I work on this a lot with my endurance athletes is how can you step back and and view this in a, in a little bit different way so that 
it's not just, you're not just weighing the day of, I mean, of course everybody wants to do, you know, that's like you're training and, and it's almost like what I tell my athletes is they, I, it's like the race day should be the celebration. Uh, you know, that should be the party of like all of the work that you put into it. Um, so that then you also recognize it wasn't just what happened the day of, but the fact that you got yourself there to the start line, healthy and ready to go, because that's such a big part of endurance racing. But it's just natural that people are going to put a lot of pressure on themselves to perform the day of, because that's, you know, the way we hold that is like, that's the whole point. Like I did all this training so that I could do well the day of the event. So kind of, um, so, so it gets compounded almost for some people if they already had that in them. And then, um, that's happening right now. Uh, you know, how people are feeling with coming back into racing when they had to have a year and a half off, it can get intensified a little bit. It's also interesting too, because I've had athletes who, um, you know, have had, have also had to have the experience of their races getting canceled or, or just outside factors, um, that have nothing to do with COVID that are coming into play and affecting the race and almost forgetting that like, oh man, there's, I forgot, there's all these other things that can happen that, you know, so people that were, you know, didn't expect it was like, what race was that? It was 110 degrees where people were like, I just not prepared for that kind of heat. And then like the death, you know, ride getting canceled because of the fire, you know, that there's just, there's always going to be these other things that might um, impact the day of. So what I tell my endurance athletes is, you know, really embracing this idea of whatever the day brings, you can handle it. And whatever the day brings, that was what you were, that's just what your race is meant to be that day. Um, and that, you know, if you're privileged enough to race for long enough, at some point you're going to have a race that does not go the way that you want it to earlier when you were saying that you're a proponent of having a lot of different, you know, aspects to your identity. So that is a part of it that, um, you know, making sure that if you do have a high athletic identity, that not all of your self-worth is wrapped up in that so that, you know, you know, I can, you know, I can have a bad race day and it doesn't mean that I am a bad person or I am a bad athlete. It's just things didn't work out that day. And what do I learn from it to carry it forward? So, so a big part of this is like, helping my athletes have a growth mindset, um, and embrace that idea of like, okay, so what can I take from this? Um, and, and, and make sure I apply it moving forward from here. What did I learn? Um, is, is sort of a, a piece of that formula. Um, and then part of it is too, like, I'll have people list out, like, let it, let's actually put pen to paper and list out what are all the different ways that you can define success when it comes to training for this particular event and really sort of help broaden how, what that definition is so that we see, um, you know, the outcome just tells a very small part of the story. Like, that's just one part of the story because every athlete knows, like, you could, have the best race of your life and feel like you didn't as perform, you didn't perform the way that you wanted to that day, or you could have done even better, or you, you know, and, you know, had 
a horrible race, but are so proud of yourself for how hard you worked and that you got through. And like, it might be, you know, sometimes I'll ask my athletes their best, you know, tell me about your, you know, one of your most memorable races. And it's not always one where they did well. Sometimes the one that stands out the most to them is like, I probably got the worst result of my life. And I just like was so proud of my, you know, mental fortitude and getting through that moment or, you know, for whatever it is. So, so the outcome is just one small part of the story. So really helping people kind of wrap their heads around that. So it's not necessarily racing more, although that could help. Right. But it's, um, it's really, you know, stepping back and, and looking at the whole picture. And that doesn't mean that you won't be disappointed, right? When, if you didn't, you know, if you're like, oh my God, I missed this vital thing that I didn't prepare for and, you know, beat yourself up or, you know, it, it's, a, you're still going to feel disappointed, but you can at the same time also have a different perspective and go, you know what? man, I did, I did so many things really incredibly well. And I'm proud of this and I'm proud of this and, and making sure that you're recognizing and celebrating that. So I'm a big proponent of that too, of like post race, uh, celebrations to recognize the, all of the efforts that went in, um, to getting yourself prepared and getting yourself out there and making the, you know, every time you made a decision to get your training in when you wanted to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix, you know, every time you held back because you knew I, you know, I, my body's telling me I shouldn't go, you know, I shouldn't train today. And you made that choice because that's a, sometimes that's a truer test of your mental toughness is when you don't go train because your body's like, I don't think you should do this today. You know, so for, you know, really making sure that you're recognizing all of it. There's a couple of things that come to mind that I, um, that I would suggest. And one is just this idea of flipping the script, um, which it means like almost, um, embracing the moments when that happens, because, you know, in some ways it is like, uh, now I have arrived because I, ha- I now have had a race where I had to, DNF because I got a flat, right? Like if you have done this long enough at some point, that's going to, you know, you were, you know, just instead of it being the the worst thing that could ever happen, sort of flipping the script on and go, oh, well, I'm a real athlete now because I've had this happen, right? Um, so, you know, and I had, it's funny, I just had this happen recently and I was just telling a colleague about it, which was so funny. So in my last book, Rebound, um, I was just checking it out on Amazon the other day and I got, we got our first one star and two star review. And I was like, oh my God. And my genuine reaction was, I started giggling and I was like, oh, this is so interesting because before I did my mental training, like before this came into my life and I started to dedicate my entire career to it and become an expert in it, that would have devastated me. That would have floored me. I would have ruminated on that for weeks, months probably. And so I was so shocked by my reaction that it was, um, and that it was so very genuine that it was like, oh my God, it's because you, you know, I, you've, I've done all this mindset training. I've done all of this work and I'm able to flip the script where instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm totally devastated. I know it's a great book, which is funny because I told my colleague and she's like, they must have done that on accident. So it was funny that that was her reaction of like, no, that can't be right. And like, no, it's, I think it is. And it's okay. And that means, man, I have arrived. 
Like I got a one star review. That is awesome. So I, part of it is that, like, is there a way to flip the script um, and see it through a totally different filter? What does it look like if I embrace this instead of feel devastated by it or, or fight against it? Um, and then another piece, so that's one, one idea is like, how can I look at this through a different filter? And then the process of that, of looking at something through a different filter, you're right. Like so much of it has to do with language. It, that's so very powerful um, and has a, a big impact on how we perceive something, how we feel about something, the emotional response to something, and then therefore what we choose to do about that thing. Language is huge. And so one of the um, exercises in the book Rebound that I, is called Obstacles to Opportunities. So this is a way to play with this idea of language and how it shifts how we perceive the situation in front of us. So uh, the obstacles to opportunities is thinking about something that you might be defining as a failure, right? Or, or, or an obstacle that's in front of you or, you know, something that you might have to deal with. And the first weight that we might define that is, you know, so say maybe it's like one of these races where it's like all of a sudden it's going to be 110 degrees and people are like, oh my God, this is going to suck, right? So this is going to suck is like one of the ways that we define the situation that we're going into. And so when you use that word and when you define it that way, we have all of these thoughts and emotions that come with that, right? And so I'll actually have, you know, again, kind of pen to paper, actually write this out and see what this looks like. Um, and so when, you know, like choose a situation and when you say, oh my God, this is going to suck, what thoughts come to mind? What emotions come to mind um, in that situation? So then the next one would be, this is going to be hard, right? So just a, just a change in the word is going to change the filter. It changes your perception of that situation. So then you go, okay, well, if I, in now, same situation, if I say this is hard and that's how I'm couching it, that's how I'm defining it. Now, what are the thoughts that come? What are the emotions that come? And it might just be a subtle shift, right? So it's not going to be a huge, but like, how do we just move along the continuum? And then the next one is, this is going to be a challenge, right? And you can already sort of feel like some of you listening will probably feel a little bit of a shift just in hearing me say these words out loud, right? Oh man, okay. So when I go from, this is going to suck, this is going to be hard, this is going to be a challenge, um, there can be a shift. Um, and some people feel a bigger shift than others. And a lot of that has to do with our relationship to the, the language that we're using. And so then same thing, what are the thoughts? What are the emotions? And then this is going to be an opportunity. Where is the opportunity? Right. So to be able to make that kind and, you know, and by separating it, separating yourself from it a little bit and doing it as, as like an intellectual activity helps you be okay with going through this process, right. Of like, cause at first, you know, when I, if I go, if you go straight from like, oh my God, it's 110 degrees. How the hell am I going to get through this race? And, and I come in and say like, well, what's the opportunity? They'll be like, well, you know, F off, Carrie. What do you mean? What's the opportunity? Right? They're not ready for that. So it, you have to have the baby steps in order to get to the place of like, okay, where is the opportunity? There is an opportunity here. How can I use this? How can I, you know, become a better athlete because of this or a better person because of this? And the more you do this process, the more quickly you get to immediately seeing the opportunity. It's really amazing. Like when you really embrace this and really actually like do the, pr the process of writing it out and do it a few times and like practice, then 
eventually you don't need to write it out and you, and you start to see, you start to flip the script a little bit quicker. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Carrie Cheadle. Uh, it was so great to have her back on the show and uh, shed some light on everything that we've been through uh, over the last year or so uh, and provide some much needed perspective uh, and some tools to, uh, to move us forward and think about things in a different way. Uh, I can't uh, recommend her book Rebound enough. Uh, we'll put uh, a link to it in the show notes. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it, uh, whether you are coming back from injury, currently dealing with injury, um, struggling to, uh, to find the right mindset to move you towards your goals. Um, all of, uh, of her books are, uh, are extremely valuable to, uh, to athletes looking for ways to, to move themselves forward and, uh, get yourself out of uh, a funk. If you happen to find yourself in one, uh, as always, uh, thomasendurancecoaching.com for more resources, uh, on everything that we talk about on the show, um, schedule a free orientation call with one of our expert coaches, uh, endurance uh, if you'd like to be a part of the conversation, uh, leave us feedback. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about, what you're struggling with, how we can help, and um, we'll be sure to cover that uh, at some point in the show. Uh, rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, appreciate the great feedback, the ratings, the reviews. Uh, it means uh, means a lot that you guys are engaged, uh, and please keep it coming, um, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks so much.